Hello and welcome back to episode 102. Uh, I, I never got how people say that. Like, I never got how people like can't just say 102 and have to go out with 102. But uh, joining me right now, special guest, Jill Price. Had him on quite a bit. He's my key Dallas Cowboys fan that I always bring on when I want to talk, when I want to talk Cowboys. Um, first of all, thank you for joining us, my man. Always nice to be here. Glad to uh, glad to be back. It's been a couple months, feels mm-hmm. like. I let the draft go because I, I was like, you know, I'm angry and I feel like he's probably angry too. So I'm going to let him uh, – and we'll, we'll talk about the I think, draft. I think we talked after the draft. I, I, yeah. Every day is a blur, Joe. Like, Yeah, it's, it's been a busy couple of months. Uh, I will also concede now, those of you listening to us on iTunes, my wife, this might sound like a slide towards my wife, but it is not. She is a tremendous cook and she is the love of my life, but she's cooking right now, so it might be smoking in the kitchen. It's because we are, our, our uh, smoke detector is a little, um, a little bit wonky, so I do apologize for if you guys hear that. But um, without further ado, we'll jump into the Dallas Cowboys uh, and really what to talk about. There's quite a bit. Um, I really want to start by talking about now. Joe, we can probably say that the 2021 draft class for the Cowboys was one of the best in the NFL. Like, it really was when you talk about, obviously, um, getting Micah Parsons there uh, at the top 10, uh, you know, getting him outside of the top 10, which I didn't ever think would happen. Um, But out of that draft, I really want to cover a rising star. Now, my original, um, when I say a second-year rising star, a player that's, you know, kind of put themselves on the map and that is really going to blow up in year two or that nobody knows about and is going to really put themselves on the map. So, um I, I really feel like the Cowboys are in a position where they had a lot of solid draft picks from that draft class, but I just wanted to get your kind of take on who do you think out of this draft class is, you know, year two, going to shine and really do something. Well, maybe I didn't quite follow the assignment correctly um, <laughs> because it's not it's not like he was unheard of his rookie year, but I think it's pretty obvious. If you'll excuse me for one moment here, I just have to stand up and adjust <laughs> okay. the light. Um, it, it's Micah Parsons. Uh, only because, like, I I don't think he's close to hitting his ceiling. Mm. As, uh, you know, he was defensive rookie of the year. He was almost defensive player of the year mm-hmm. um, last year. Um, but I think most outside observers, and myself included, have, have said that they didn't use him as much as they could have. They tried a lot of different looks with him last season when they could have just done what TJ Watt, the eventual defensive player of the year, did and just be be sent after the quarterback on pert near every play. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize he's capable of a lot more, but um, – like most things with this team, it's it's not it's not just the level of talent with him. It's it's what McCarthy and and Dan Quinn opt to do with him um, in 2022. That's going to make the difference, not just for his his numbers and you know his accolades, which I'm I I I, I think he's at least a candidate for for defensive player of the year going into the next season. Obviously, there's a lot of football to be played, but. Um, yeah, how how he's utilized in that defense will make uh, a huge difference. And I I have something for later down the list of of topics here that um, ties back into this. So I just want to say stick a pin in it and mm-hmm. we'll circle back. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's a, 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 Micah Parsons was the was the star for me for last season. He was the best thing about the team. He was the best thing about 2021's draft. Mm-hmm. And I think going into the 2022 season, he has all the potential to become a a dominant, dominant player. Um, oh, without a doubt. For that team. And just a, a difference maker in games. In a way, he, he wasn't... Uh, you know, I don't know that we're, there were a lot of games you could point to last season and say he directly affected the outcome. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's going to be more of those in the in his future, and I think I think yeah, that's that's he's by he's he's the biggest star of the of the rookie class of last year, but still I think he's I think he's got so much farther that he's capable of. Um, when and I'm looking forward to it. Let me ask you this: 
Damn exciting stuff. <laughs> it really it really is. Now, I, I, I'm I going to give you the fact that this man was, I mean, out of this world. Now, I, I, I'm a stats guy. I'm a nerd. You, you worked with me long enough to know that I'm going to bring up the stats. So 84 total tackles last year, my, uh, 13 sacks as well. My question to you is, number one, where do you see this go? Like how, like you, you mentioned that this is like, he's still scratching the surface. You know, do you, is he that Von Miller type player? Is he that kind of player that you really do see that 20 sack, you know, uh, leading a team to a Super Bowl and winning it type player? Uh, I, I think he's got that potential. Um, although with Von Miller, I don't know that a lot of people saw that coming with Von Miller, how he matured and developed as a great player. Um, in Denver. Yep. Um, I think we even asked this last time. Where did Von Miller play college ball? Was it in I, the SEC? I, I swear it was like Texas, uh, Texas A&M. Wasn't it like Texas? Hold on. I'm going to look this up right now. I think it might be A&M. Yeah, A&M. Yep, it was A&M. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he would, he was a, he was always a good player. I don't think people, I don't, I don't think people knew as early in Von Miller's career that he would be as great a player as he, he turned out to be as, as the, I don't think the expectation level was as high for him as it is for Micah Parsons, but just in terms of his, his physicality and his intelligence and just his, his like stick to lack of a better choice. Like, like he's just got a good attitude and, and eventually he's going to become a leader in that, in that locker room. And this is, He's just kind of in the process. Uh, yes, I to answer your question in a long-winded way. I really, I really do think he's capable of becoming something along the lines of of a uh, Von Miller or a in different different position slightly, but even a Ray Lewis mm-hmm. type of type of figure um, in terms of um, defensive dominance and how that can can affect a team. And affect games and, and and lead to championships. So I'm I'm all in. I'm all I've, obviously, I was all in early last season. I actually I, not to like be the I was there first. I got the T-shirt to prove it. <laughs> like, uh, but I, I I was drinking the Micah Parsons Kool Aid all the way. Oh, you last were. year's draft. I, I, will I, I mean, we have the video evidence to prove it. So oh yeah, and but, plus I would personally vouch for that. Yeah, I, barring you know. Barring something catastrophic, I, I think the sky's really the limit for him, and and what he can do for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and again, the only the only variable, as far as I'm concerned, is is if you know Mike McCarthy manages to screw it up, if they're able to win, and sp- if he's a, if, specifically if if Parsons is able to succeed in spite of him, because mm-hmm. I do trust Dan Quinn's play calling, but I know oh, he's I do not. too. Dan Quinn puts dudes in positions to succeed. Look at Deion Jones. Look at that Super Bowl defense from back in like what was it twenty? I want to say it was like 2019, 2020. I can't remember when the twenty eight to three. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Thank you. Um, yeah, he puts them in positions to be successful. So like, it's not a shock that you get solid players in uh, and you get the best out of them. Now, there's another portion of. First of all, I do agree with you. I do think he does have that potential. Um, he's got that charisma. I think he's got that um, that way about him. That that feeling you get when you when you t- when you hear a player that's being interviewed or just how they are. You just get that feeling from a guy like Micah Parsons. I want to bring this up because. You know, you just touched on it being like that. You said, uh, and I quote, I can bring it back up if we need to, but you said uh, he's the most exciting player or the most impactful player from the 2021 NFL draft class. I might have a slight disagreement with there, respectfully, because Jamar For the Chase, Cowboys, anyway. I don't, I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I might have misunderstood that. Okay. So for the Cowboys, yes. But I was going to say, Jamar Chase, like – I know this man was going to be special. Like everybody kind of knew it wasn't really that hard. It was like, it was like the, the open notes test in eighth grade. Like it wasn't going to be that hard of a test, but like you knew that you're going to do okay. So like he is the open notes test of the two, like of the NFL. Cause of like what he did in college, I felt like everybody knew he was going to be the real deal. Um, and this is kind of off cuff, but like, we can look at it from both angles because I don't feel like the Cowboys, uh, get it as far with, uh, without, excuse me, a guy like Micah Parsons, as you know, as they do, especially because the impact he had. 
But the question is, you know, for out of those two players, who do you think had the bigger impact for their teams? Because, again, you know, Micah Parsons, 13 sacks, you know, he led their defense really. Like, he was the missing piece. Like, he was the reason that defense really took a step forward uh, from a year before. And then you look at Jamar Chase, who had, oh, what was that? Like, I want to say it was, uh, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, was a guy that really was the reason that, that offense took the ultimate step, had 81 catches last yeah, year. I mean, I, you got to give it to Chase. Just because he took he took his team to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it, it took a team that, as far as anyone was concerned, going into last year's season was not as uh, nearly as much of a contender mm-hmm. on paper as as even the Dallas Cowboys were. Yeah. Although you know Dallas Cowboys are always kind of overestimated <laughs> going into each season or each week. Um. <laughs> But oh yeah, for sure, Jamar Chase was 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 more impactful overall in the league. I, yeah, I should I should say it was the biggest deal in the in the Cowboys okay. draft, and they had a good draft in twenty twenty one. They did, um, and I'll actually get into my other player. No, I do want to again. I want to preface by saying again, I also misunderstood it, but I do think on the other side of that, like you can make the case that Jamar or that excuse me, Micah Parsons like had as equal to uh, the impact because again that defense was like it had dudes it had dudes on that defense but it didn't take that step forward without the leadership of Micah Parsons and his impact on the field because it's another it's one thing when you've got a guy that oh he can kind of make plays it's a completely different other thing when you've got a young guy coming in have had 13 sacks on the air setting the tone for the defense I just felt like you know you could make an argument in my opinion um, but there's actually another player I actually want to highlight now um, when I talk about defensive ends, I was lucky enough to play college football and do all that wonderful stuff. Uh, but the, the point I'm trying to make is I, I got to watch defensive ends and just kind of get a, feel, a feeling for when guys have it together uh, and they look like they can take care of business. I'm really in on Chauncey Golston, the former third-round pick out of Iowa. Um, when you lose a guy um, you know, in free agency – uh, like the Dallas Cowboys did in Randy Gregory, I felt like it was kind of one of those things where, okay, they need someone other than Micah Parsons to step up here. Like they need someone to be that guy opposite of Parsons or or find a way. Now they drafted Sam Williams in the second round, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But Funny you should I, mention that. Yeah. Yes. I, I really feel like – uh, a guy like Randy Gregory could really surprise a lot of people for the Broncos. But Chauncey Golston, to me, is a player you really need to keep an eye on. You know, if you watch his tape at Iowa, uh, he sets solid edges. Uh, you know, for the Cowboys, he had a total of 32 tackles last year. Didn't start, but he got in, you know, got his got his feet wet and everything. Did have a sack, also had a fumble recovery. So I'm really excited for Chauncey Golston. Now the question, will he have double-digit sacks? I don't know. But the point is, at the end of the day, I think he's really a guy you really want to watch out for. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a, a good deep cut from, from that rookie class. Cause, cause yeah, he, he was impactful when he was around and I am also looking forward to seeing what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let me see here. I had another question and I, I I'm blanking off the top of my head, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've worked well, I, you know, I have the outline right here. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've got it. I just pulled it up. Um, okay. So now we're in training camp. We are at the yeah. point now, like I'm Joe, I cannot tell you how happy I am that training camp is actually here because, you know, we can actually t- t- take a look at some of these teams that are actually going to like actually have something to do with it. Like it's, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. It's um, the most magical time of the year. I love. <laughs> Don't let my mom hear you say that because she, she is the, the Clark W. Griswold of the Hall family or, or, or the Murray family, excuse me. Now, okay, so I need to go into uh, a, a flawless transition here of talking about the top questions for the Dallas Cowboys during training camp. You know, what do you see as, okay, you come back after a season, a little disappointing. I'll, I'll, I'll extend the olive branch. But at the same time, there's a lot of positive, like there's a lot of things, quality and, uh, I, excuse me, there's a lot of positive things going on for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you see as the biggest questions, you know, during training camp? Um, because not a lot of things that people expected to be addressed were addressed, uh, you know, through free agency. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of finding out about these draft picks. Um, I, I, wideouts are the biggest thing. Who 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 Dak's going to throw to? Mm-hmm. Um, with with Amari Cooper gone, 
to uh, Cleveland Town. Um, will Will C D Lamb like step up and and fill the vacuum that Cooper left? Uh, theoretically, that's what he's supposed to do. And then you hear all this kind of gossip about C D not being as close with Dak as as Amari Cooper was, and and then having not bonded because of. Um, they didn't really play a whole lot together because for CD's rookie season, um, Dak was injured for most of it. Mm. So, and then was I think because of COVID protocols, something he, like that. Yeah, was he? He just wasn't with the team during that off dur- during the rest of that season when mm-hmm. when he was put on the in- like he wasn't even on reserve. He was just on the injury list. So, yeah. um. So I'm I'm curious how things develop between Dak and Amari, mm-hmm. um, especially with Gallup's not going to be in training camp. Um, his knee or his leg is still um, healing up. He uh, uh, apparently, according to ESPN, he's he's um, had a schedule on his recovery, but he'll miss most of September and obviously all the training camp. So. The it, it, that that affords Dak the opportunity to really target CD and 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 really get comfortable with him, but he'll also have Dalton Schultz. Um, from this isn't my most exciting rookie, but uh, Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, the tight end, he's he's probably going to see a lot of looks in training camp. Um, and. I think that's all for the better. I, I think that's good for Dalton Schultz because he, you know, he's got this one-year deal, and it's that kind of makes this year an audition year for him to to if he wants to earn a big paycheck either with this team or somewhere else. Um, but ideally with the Cowboys because I, I am a Dalton Schultz fan. Um, mm-hmm. But having this rookie who's who's a bit of a bit of a player himself. Um, that that'll elevate the level of competition and that's oh, yeah. that's good for everybody so it's kind of it's it's uh, the wide receivers are the biggest deal and i'm i'm counting the tight ends cuz they don't use tight ends for blocking they just yeah. use them as um you know slot receivers yes uh and, and, which is fine cuz that's uh, Dalton Schultz is not a good blocker we'll see how Jake Ferguson does so just, just addressing kind of the, what what this new identity um receiving core um looks like for a fully healthy Dak. Um and that's that's the thing I'm 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 paying the most attention to. So far, like the the biggest thing out of out of camp is just Jerry sitting there in press conferences with with Mike next to him just saying, All my decisions are good decisions and we never make any mistakes and everything's fine. We, you know, like it's it, there's a lot of cope coming out of that that front office right now, and uh, it's frustrating um, because for the way we left last year, um, last season in a in a home playoff loss to a team that really really wasn't that good. I think by every objective standard, it's not just bitterness. Me saying this at this point, I mean they've dismantled the uh they've cut that quarterback loose that took them to the nfc championship mm-hmm. two three years in a row now yep. so uh yeah uh, uh for as little adjustment as it has been made um other than losing players like randy gregory and amari cooper um it's it's talent levels there i i just i just wonder if if mike mccarthy can can luck into another Super Bowl victory. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> with, without Aaron Rodgers there to make it happen for him. Like, I just, I, I, you know, you go back to the tape of me at this time last year saying, yeah, maybe, maybe Mike McCarthy's not as dumb as we think he is. And me saying something similar the year before that was a little bit nicer. And this year I'm at, like, we know what a buffoon this man is. We know he's a terrible leader. Um. <sighs> that he doesn't motivate his players and he's got on paper, one of the most talented teams in the league. Oh, yeah. um, Without question. Uh, other than the, the bucks or the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. 
Bucks getting uh, Julio Jones, by the way. I don't know if that's a spoiler alert. Um, yeah. If you saw uh, that. Honestly, I we can talk about it now. Honestly, maybe you've heard of the saying, Joe, the rich get richer. And now I know, I know, I know it's not the Julio Jones of five, six, seven years ago, but it's still, it's like you got Kyle Rudolph for the former Vikings. It's the Tom Brady of now and yeah. the Julio <laughs> Jones of now. Yes. So I'm just like, I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad move. Uh, I don't no. think it's a bad move by any stretch of the imagination. What's the like? You get a quality receiver. Out of, uh, Julio Jones is your number three. Like that's you talk about stacked. I man, that you could have a lot worse number three options. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it, it, that's the thing that drives me nuts is these these teams that have won Super Bowls in the last three years, um, the Rams and the Bucks, and, and you know. Specifically, they make moves and they they tilt for for Super Bowls and and Dallas Cowboys just keep keep chugging along, just stay in the course and doing things the way they do them, and uh, it's it's tough to watch because um, yeah, I, I I like this team a lot. Not not just that it's my team that I cheer for. Like I like this roster yeah, a lot. Same. I like these players a lot, and um. It, I don't know. Every time I see Tony Romo shilling beef or Subway sandwiches on TV, like it's nice to see him, and and he's great on Sundays with with Nance. But it's like, oh, we wasted this man's career. Like just yeah, never. Actually, and he there there should have been a ring in there somewhere, or at least an NFC championship. Like at least Danny White went to yeah. what five, four or five NFC championships. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and Romo never even got past the divisional, so that you know, I I I, I fear not just for bragging rights because obviously those are fun, all that mm-hmm. you know, trash talking and stuff. I just like I, I after the heartbreak of the 2017 divisional, mm-hmm. that home loss to the Packers, mm-hmm. um, that uh, yeah, I. I've wanted this version of the Cowboys to 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 get there more than what I felt in a long time, other than oh, yeah. promo team of years back. But it's it's hard to believe that it could happen, even this early in the season. I'm kind of just like, well, we're probably going to go, you know, thir- thirteen and five. I don't know, and then yeah. lose at home in the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, the, I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I, I appreciate your like, your like, what's, what's the word? It's like, it's like, well, it's seventeen games, so it'd be twelve and twelve and five. Let's say, 12. yeah, twelve and five, but it's, then it's like, well, yeah. twelve and six, or potentially in the wild card. I don't know what, it, whatever it makes it overall, but like, I'm actually really interested to see like what, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy and company like do this year. Like you, you have that disappointment, you have that way to, that it ends that year. Like you. You know, I think I know we've talked about it a bit, but I feel like this is kind of you're kind of out of a, a make or break situation. Um, but as far as some of the latest things, I think that we need to watch for. I'm I'm really excited to see what you know Terrence Steele does along that offensive line. If he's actually going to be bumped into guard, um, if he's going to be a player that they, they look at uh, maybe as the long potential potential long term replacement for Tyrone Smith because he's still a dude. Um, you know, Sam Williams. I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, I felt like he's actually when you watch the tape on him. The boy pops off. Like the the man yeah. is, uh, he can absolutely get after it on that edge for you. My question is, where does he get fit now? Like, the, where does he go to? Uh, you know, is he going to be a guy that you come in and start right away? I had twelve. I had, well, let's try that again. Twelve and a half sacks his senior year there at Ole Miss. So you know, he's going to be a guy to watch for. Um, you know, but there's also guys that I I don't think people are like really keeping an eye on, but they should. Now I'll also be a little bit honest here. I'll be no, I'll I'll extend the full olive branch here. I I was like, you know, I, one of the guys I played with in college, um, he was friends with Jabril, Jabril Cox, the linebacker uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Ended up yeah. they played together at Missouri. Um, you know, Jabril went to NDSU, won a couple of national championships. Uh, a dude was amazing there too. And then he went to LSU, had a standout year, and then he came back and got drafted by the Cowboys. There's players like Jabril Cox that people need to keep an eye on. Yes, Micah Parsons is amazing. We know all that. 
But a guy like Jabril Cox could come in uh, and just absolutely annihilate wide receivers, running backs. He's got the speed to keep up with these guys. He's got the strength. Like this guy is going to be, I think he's going to be an absolute hand, uh, you know, moving forward. So I, I'm really excited about his future, um, you know, and just really kind of look at some of the things that could happen now. Um, you know, another thing I really want to keep an eye on, uh, you know, is specifically, like you said, you know, that number three wide receiver for the Cowboys, you know, Jalen Tolbert, a guy coming out, um, you know, I think he's honestly – He's another guy that I don't think people are considering. Like, I don't think people are really, like, keeping an eye on what he did there at South Alabama. We're talking about a guy that had back-to-back 1,000-yard years, eight touchdowns in both of those years. You know, South Alabama. Joe, I got a D in geography in high school, so I don't know where Alabama is on a map, but I sure – know that you know south alabama is no alabama so the fact that you know he did that had that kind of production you know uh you know there i think he could do some things with the cowboys with dak prescott and it's not like he's going to be asked to do everything right away like you've already got cd lamb and michael gallup there so you know, got dalton schultz tony pollard the, the list goes off and on of all the weapons you guys have but you know jalen tolbert i'm excited for i think he's going to be not only a guy you have to keep an eye on but i think he's going to be uh somebody that Teams will have to plan for early on um, uh, than a lot of people think. But, you know, and like I said, the, the, along the offensive line, there was a lot of injuries last year. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, who's going to step up there if there is another guy that goes down. Um, because it's not like this offensive line is not talented by any means. It's got a lot of guys that I think uh, probably could start for every NFL team. But um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the rest of this offensive line kind of comes together. Yeah, it's not what it was four or five years ago when it was the, the, the really the class of the league. Um, but it's still, it's still among the better O lines and Mm -hmm. it's amazing what just improving your O line a little bit, um, can do for a team. Uh, again, the Bengals, uh, come to mind. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, there's, there's exciting things there. My, my standout rookie, we mentioned him earlier, Sam Williams, and, and what, what he does, what he could do potentially filling in Randy Gregory's absence. I think I said this after the draft. If he's even present half the time, that's an improvement over Randy Gregory. Because as as good as he was in a game that he was present for, he was not present for a lot of games um, during his time with the Cowboys. Um, he played... He missed a lot more games than he played. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's correct. I'm pretty yeah, I, <laughs> someone I don't, wants to fact check me on that. I've certainly I, I'm felt not that sure way. off the top of my I'll, I'll I'll be the fact checker here. But, you know, I you know, it's it's crazy because this this entire defensive line for the Cowboys is going to be like uh, I'm, I'm interested to see like short of Micah Parsons what's going to happen. But Randy Gregory had six sacks last year. Uh, what's going on? Uh, why is it? There we go. OK, so, yeah. Uh, you know, played in 12 games, started 11, you know, did have an interception, had six sacks. So, I mean, he for as little time as he games last season, I'm, ta- I'm talking about all through his career. He oh, played, I'm, he I'm missed sorry. more I, games than he played through his oh, career. Oh, yeah. This guy's played, you know, you talk about being uh, drafted, uh, you know, as high as he was in the second round by the Cowboys, ba- or excuse me, um, but yeah, by the Cowboys back in the day. And then just like, what was it? Rookie year, barely played, you know, played in 12 games, uh, you know, played in two games the year after that. Missed all of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, then came back in 2019 um, yep. and then came back in 2020. So it's like you've got four or five years, but this guy, he's still got so much left in the tank. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm sure he does. I, I, it's just like I think I said this in, in our previous uh, talk here that – for for that team to continue to enable him for as long as they did and and for him to to walk out on them in the manner that he did it's i don't know what it says about him i don't know what it said i think i think it speaks worse to the cowboys organization than it does to randy gregory and mm-hmm. he's just doing what he's you know the best he can yeah. um his absence will be felt on that defense, but that's why I think Sam Williams is so um, has so much potential to oh, yeah. to play a similar role and to complement Micah Parsons and and just I hope it doesn't turn into 
you know, they they have Micah Parsons do everything but rush the quarterback because they have Sam Williams in there yep. to do it. Um, I, I have a ringing endorsement here from for this is from Coach McCarthy. This is a quote. I got this, uh, I believe, from ESPN. Um, he said, I think we'd all agree that Sam Williams looks like a guy that was born to play professional football. <laughs> the insight this man has, just the depths of knowledge and and uh, truly a leader of men. And I'm so <laughs> glad he's the coach of my team, America's team. It's just like, you know... <laughs> It's it, like Mike McCarthy is is like a Frank Caliendo impersonation of Mike McCarthy. Like he's not even like a real human being. He's like a mad TV sketch. It's so I, so embarrassing. Is okay. My question is is like does he is his success predicated on the, him riding on the curtails of greatness due to Aaron Rodgers and the fact that they had every wide like all three wide receivers that you had like. 1500 yards and 13 touchdowns or is it predicated on the fact that he put them in that position to be successful i don't know i <laughs> i don't know I he only did it that one time and i it sure felt like aaron Rodgers was willing that team to that super bowl victory oh yeah in that in that season and it was just meant to be it was yeah. just you know um but uh yeah so yeah that's some kind of some things we talked about in terms of top questions for the cowboys during training camp is there anything else you're keeping an eye on um that it's kind of got your got your ears perked up uh you know well there's still there's still talk of 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 Debo going to uh going to Dallas but I I think that's less and less likely um as the day grows nearer yes yeah at, at, earlier today um the the Ford Inners announced that they are not they're completely cutting ties with Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. um yep. so and they're, they're just rolling with Trey Lance, which I am all for. I, yeah. You know, the 49ers making that announcement. I think I, – I don't think that this is just, you know, the fact that they're rolling. This is a new era in San Francisco. Like, this is the fact of, like, they've got a guy now in Trey Lance that I think everybody could agree – just from the small sample size, but like the, the you know, the uh, I, I'm going to be a fat guy here for a second. But, you know, like when you go to an ice cream shop and they give you a small taste, those little spoons. First of all, make the spoons bigger so I can have more of your ice cream for, or for you know, some of those little samples. But the small sample size that we got of Trey Lance, I liked. I, I felt Trey Lance could be something special in this league. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't doubt it. I, I don't want to give the Ford owners any credit. Um, I understand I, it. I, I mean, the man so much, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's a lateral move at worst for, for them and, and an improvement in all likelihood, but with uh, Garoppolo being let go, I, I think that might free them up financially to make a deal with Debo. So he doesn't leave. Um, yep. cause I think they know what the, they have something special with him. Um, yep. There's that. There's Julio going to Tampa. I, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of looking over in the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles and and seeing what they're doing in the off season and oh, yeah. and you know. Um, it, this is. I have another question for you, Joe. Is this sure. a thing of like, you know, like you mentioned it. You actually said it perfectly. Like. I don't think like the worst case. This is not a downgrade. Like this is honestly a lateral move. You you actually kind of hit it on the head there because you know at the worst case, if he just does what Jimmy Garoppolo did, I, they're in the AFC champion. They're in the NFC championship game. Excuse me. So it's yeah. you know. And I, if he if he gives him that little bit of a boost, which I think he can do, like you know, you talk about having uh, one of the best running games in the entire NFL for the last like five years. You talk about um, you know the fact that you have a good offensive line. You you just need you need that little bit of a shot in the arm. You need that that player that can step up. I mean, the the limited like time like we mentioned, you know, six games, two starts, threw for over six hundred yards, five touchdowns, two picks. I mean, just like there's a lot of things to like about this. This train is moving forward uh it is trey lance time in san francisco and you know i do think this is kind of a a, obviously yes there's two parts to it like you said the whole debo samuel part of it yes move on from garoppolo you know maybe trade him so see whatever you got to do to get the money in the cash space to get debo i understand that on the flip side of that i also think it says uh, a lot about this coaching staff in terms of like hey 
We want to win. Like we want to put the best player on the field. Uh, and Trey Lance might be that guy. I, I'm really excited for for Trey Lance to be honest with you. So, um, but at the end of the day, I do think it does come down to uh, is he is he an upgrade? Is he a guy that like you said is a lateral move? Um, I think he's an upgrade just at, from what at, I the, see. at the least. He's a, he's yeah. a lateral move at I, the very let least. Me, let me parse my language like a yes. lawyer, it, but. but if he just does the bare worst minimum. case scenario, it's a lateral yes. move. But I, I think, I think the likelihood of him being an improvement is is much greater. Oh yeah, I think he's got superstar power. I think it's possible. Like, that's another thing is like you, you listen to all these NFL teams, these these draft analysts are like he's going to be an All Pro. I, <laughs> how do you know? How can you possibly know? Right. It's just like there's no way like this. Your guess is as good as mine with everybody. Everybody now there are more first round picks that tend to to uh, um, they tend to work out more often. Yes, I'll admit that, or at least have longer careers, more successful careers, and all that jazz. Whatever milk toast com- comment you want to mention there, but at the same time, it's like we really don't know because we've seen seventh round guys that have become Hall of Famers. Now it's less likely, but your guess is as good as mine in a lot of this. We've, I mean, Kurt Warner. Like, there's just so many guys that weren't drafted that overlooked. So I don't know, but just from what I've seen, to get back on track here off my soapbox, I'm excited for Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and the 49ers moving forward. So. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll go to our third here. Um, you're, you're excited for Garoppolo to start in Chicago this, this I, season, <laughs> their last season in Chicago. They I, I would actually love that. I would love that because do you know how frustrating it was, Joe, watching this man hand off, just hand the ball off against the Vikings in the playoffs a couple years ago and just win the game? Like he didn't do anything. He didn't do a thing in that game to – to beat the Vikings. Like, yes, yeah, great a couple- system quarterback. He's one it's of the just, greatest system quarterbacks of all time. Like, it's just, like I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Like uh, Joe, I'm not disrespecting this man. This guy, I, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a professional athlete. Uh, you know, obviously he's done a lot, you know, these last couple of years, 27 touchdowns and against 13 interceptions in 2019, you know, the year that they, was that the year they went to the Super Bowl, I believe. So like, yep. there's some things that you like from this, but overall, if you're going to sit here and tell me that this man had any re like had any impact in terms of actually helping out the 49ers win some of these games. I mean, against the Vikings, he was 11 of 19 for 131 yards, one touchdown and one pick. I, that, that's Christian Ponder playing for the San Francisco 49. <laughs> that is Christian Ponder. I'm sorry, right. but it's the reality of the situation. You know, yes, he brought him to the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get off that. Thing. No, I, that's, that was part of the frustration of, of having him house my team in the playoffs last year is he wasn't that good. They weren't that good. It, I mean, you can put up numbers when your O-line holds on every play and the refs mm-hmm. don't call it. Um, which I'll, I'll stand by, uh, to my dying day. I saw what I saw. Um, I'm curious uh, with the NFC West being as competitive again this season as it was last year, Mm. um, how it's officiated, um, towards that sort of thing. And, and, you know, uh, Arizona could be a playoff team again. The Rams are probably a playoff team. Yep. Um, I feel like there's a fourth team in the NFC West, but I can't it's think Seahawks. of it. I know I, that was the joke. It was just like, <laughs> Seahawks are are punting away this season, uh, which I'm not the they, first person to observe. But who who's going to be the worst team? Who is going to be the worst? I know we're dragging in the league this out. or in the NFC West. Like no, I'm talking the league because like the 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 Seahawks might challenge the no now nah, they're better than Chicago. Like they're they're you know. They're better than Chicago, but not by much. Who's starting in Seattle this year? Seattle, I think it's going to be Geno Smith. Like, the, <laughs> it, all right, Geno Smith, the good old days. Um, I mean, Geno Smith, and and I think he's taken away a lot from Russell Wilson over the last couple of years. So, I mean, he could he played well uh, when it, when Russell Wilson went down. So. I think it could be something. I mean, there was worse options out there. Like I can tell you from experience, Joe, we, you could have Sean Mannion as his backup quarterback, the tuna fish sandwich of quarterbacks as your backup quarterback. That no, 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 the vending machine tuna fish like truck stop sandwiches that you just do not get of yeah. quarterbacks. Like it's just credit to Purple for the Win podcast for that reference. But That's overall. Great. Like, seriously, that's literally what the man was. Now, I'm sorry to keep dragging this out. Now we can go into our next segment here. But um, 
Now, now I want to kind of talk about, you know, the Cowboys. They've got these rookies. You're bringing in all these guys from 2022. Um, that There's excitement for you. Tyler Smith coming into play offensive line. I will say, I mean. Oh, the most penalized player in college football? Okay. Yeah, yes. We're, we're, we're getting there. Yes, that's there's a player. Yes, Sam Super. Williams as well. Jalen Tolbert. Like, there's a lot of players that you're looking at. You're like, now the most penalized player in college football, you're excited about that potentially, but also you're excited about Sam Williams, his potential, uh, Jalen Tolbert. There's a lot of players that I'm looking down the line here. I'm excited about. Like I, I, I feel like this is take maybe take this with a grain of salt. I feel like this could be one of the better draft classes out of this one. It's all set. It, it's possible. Like it is legitimately possible if they can work with Tyler Smith, if Jalen Tolbert can emerge as that number three. You know, Sam Williams. You know, got into a little bit of trouble. Obviously, if he can, uh, you know, obviously they get that situation figured out. I think it could be. Uh, this could be a very solid draft class. Yeah, uh, it has the potential to 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 be even better than last year. And like we said, last year was a good year. So, it's. That feels positive. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like the moves a team makes before they win a Super Bowl in our modern era, just based Enough. on what we've seen from, a, a, you know, we've gone into the last two seasons and, and I, I said the NFL is not the NBA. You can't just put together an all-star team and win a Super Bowl. And I've been proven wrong two years in a row. And, I, you know, I'm man enough to admit it and – that is that is the current state of the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. Unless some other team, you know, unless the Patriots tilt for a championship, make an even smaller moves in yep. the off season than than the Cowboys <laughs> did. Um, but it, I I have every reason to believe that it's it's it, that one of these these kind of super teams like the Rams or the Bucks are are going to be in. Um, Certainly, the NFC Championship. I don't know if there's an AFC equivalent, really. I, you know, the early favorite would be Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo is going to be tough this year. I mean, Kansas City is always tough. Um, You know, the AFC West is going to be. That's going to be a tough division. Yeah, but I feel like Kansas City without Tyreek Hill is kind of a different creature. And and I I spent all last season saying that Kansas City was a paper tiger that they they had kind of exhausted the gimmicks that brought them their success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, then they got all the, what, what they made it to the AFC title game. They were in the title game. Okay. I can't, I believe it was okay. the AFC. Yeah. Because they lost to the Bengals who went to the tie. Uh, no, because the title was. game was the bills and the, and they, they lost, they lost the divisional to the bills. Because The on. title game was the bills and the Bengals. Right. I, I, I swear to God, we should know this. Uh, <laughs> 2021 here we go so looks like here yeah it was it was the uh they did lose to the Bengals. go the, the chiefs lost to they beat the remember they beat Buffalo oh, no, in that, Bengals, like, Bengals chiefs okay. Bengals chiefs in that afc championship game uh because they they barely beat the bills because of the whole coin flip thing like the whole oh offense. that game okay yeah, yeah. So I got they beat them in, in, in that and then they meant yeah met Cut in all the, that stuff out so yeah <laughs> <laughs> the point was, uh, while the Chiefs did make it to the title game, as I maintained from the beginning of this rant, without any factual errors or deviations from that statement, um, I was convinced, kind of like I was convinced with the Ford Inners, that that they were not as good as their record led us to believe. That that it was a combination of right place, right time, and and playing kind of inferior squads. Uh, and I, I think the Chiefs this upcoming year are going to have a real hard time. I think as competitive as the AFC West was last year, I think it's going to be the most competitive division. I think it's the a- NFC West and the AFC West are, the, again, the most interesting divisions to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you had three teams from the NFC West make it into the playoffs last year. I think you could see the same thing happen again. And I think you could see three teams from the AFC West um, get into the playoffs. And it's hard to say which three teams because the Broncos have a lot of potential coming in with Russell Wilson and, you know, some of the guys they've added. uh, Yep. Obviously, um, Randy Gregory. But (laughs) uh, the, uh, the Raiders are looking better and better. Um, The... 
the Chargers are looking better and better. Um, that's I don't know. It's going to be tough for for a Tyreek Hillless Chiefs mm-hmm. team to maintain the level of success they've had. Up to, I mean, they could sneak in with a wild card for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I but think, I don't necessarily see them winning that division. Well, I actually here's my thing with the Chiefs. So they needed some defensive help. They, they've needed some defensive help for a while. Like they've been good enough, but like you're kind of wondering, like, okay, what are they actually gonna like get out of this? But like, so they got Sky Moore in the second round. They got uh, you know George Karlaftis in the late of the first. You know they got you know Trent McDuffie and all those guys. They got a lot of defensive help in this draft, which I think you know they're they're already star studded. Like we've seen like. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've seen what good, what great quarterbacks can do with you know not so great wide receivers. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, those guys probably wouldn't be normally known, but because of Patrick Mahomes and his dominance, I think you know Sky Moore. I think Sky Moore has the potential to be a very diet version of Tyreek Hill. Now, I think he could be uh, you know the second rounder out of coming out of Western Michigan. He's got some wheels. He runs great routes. He goes up and gets the football. Like for a smaller guy, I, I honestly I'm excited about him. I really feel like he's going to be a guy that you really want to keep an eye out for. You know, they also got Brian Cook, Leo Chanel. I don't know how this man fell into the third round of the linebacker coming out of Wisconsin, but you know there is. I'm really excited for their first four picks because you know five picks. Excuse me, Trent McDuffie. You know, George Karlaftis on that defensive line. Uh, Sky Moore, like Brian Cook. Like there is so many like. Yes, they don't have Tyreek Hill, but I'm also not ready to just say, oh, no Tyreek Hill. That means the Chiefs aren't in that position. I just – I feel like, you know – and it is the NFL. It's the year-to-year what could happen, The whole, all the question. But I, I've got a lot of faith in Sky Moore, uh, and I'm excited to see what uh, he could do with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, because I do – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I feel like that really does have a bigger impact than people think, like playing with a good quarterback coming out of college. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying they're going to fall to the bottom of the heap. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to use a boxing metaphor, um, I feel like after the last Super Bowl they lost, they spent the whole next season. It's like the next they got they got hit in the face at the end of one fight, and they spent mm-hmm. the whole next season kind of reeling from it. I don't yep. know. This is a terrible boxing metaphor, but <laughs> stay with me. Oh no! Uh, I just watching as much as the chief, of the Chiefs as I watched last year. I, I just constantly had the impression that a, a people, other teams were figuring out their tricks the way Tampa had figured out their tricks in the Super Bowl, and were following that kind of oh, if it bleeds, we can kill it kind of mentality of of going after the Chiefs and really attacking their weaknesses and some teams really made hay with it um they said as good as they are they got to the AFC championship where they were beaten by the Bengals so no I don't think that losing Tyreek Hill makes them a much worse team and maybe uh Sky Masterson uh wait what was this Sky Williams Oh, your audio. Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sky Master. That was good. That got me. Guys and dolls. Uh, maybe again, it's one of those. Well, he, he at best he could be a, a you know a lateral move. I I don't know. Tyreek Hill's a special player, but he's also this guy's also little and fast. I mean, maybe he can do the same things that Tyreek Hill did. Um. I I'm looking forward to seeing it, but like, I, I just that the rest of that AFC West is so competitive and have to play those other teams twice. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 I think this is going to be a harder. I think last season was really hard for the Chiefs. I think this season's going to be even harder, uh, but they're they seem to be resilient. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best, best players in the league. And yet, like you said, it, it, it elevates. He elevates the rest of the team, especially the with the rookies. So, yeah, we'll see going in. I feel like you know, at the end of the day, they are one of those teams that I, that very frankly, is um, you know, again, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to take it into consider coaching. You know, Andy Reid, what's he still got left in the tank? Like you got to look at all that stuff. But also, I mean, 
you know, if you look at Sky Moore, he's not going to be expected to be, you know, the lead guy. Like he's got, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey and all those players. Yeah. Um, you know, you also got Marquez Valdez Scantling as well. So I mean, like, there's other weapons here. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm interested to see how it all goes. But I do think that is definitely something, uh, you know, to take a look at. Um, and we probably deviated really far from this. But um, so uh, out of the 22, 2022 Cowboys, um, who is a rookie that you're most excited for? It would with Sam Williams. It's, we've we've answered Sam Williams. This. Oh, we did. Yeah. I, <laughs> let's focus up, Colton. We're on four uh, now. Wait, who did I? Okay, you're saying. Oh, that's right. I have to answer the question. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert for me. Sam Williams for you. I'm sorry. I I need to I need to get with the program here. Um, but also like Tyler Smith. I don't know. Like I Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert. I'm cautiously optimistic about about Smith. Uh, about Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's most penalized team that I mean, yeah, or most penalized player, or whatever. Like, I mean, okay, but I mean, if you can go to the NFL and have a you know and get a good coach, yeah, that lot that could change a lot of things. To be honest with you, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm still bitter because I wanted Tyler Linderbaum. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't know how the Ravens do it every single year. It's just it's the most frustrating <sighs> thing. He, I think he was still available when the Cowboys made yes. the pick too. Like that's that's the thing that drives me nuts about them. Uh, it's not dissimilar to 2016 when I when I sat on my in my mama's TV room yelling at the TV while they were playing dominoes in the other room. Why did they take Zeke Elliott instead of? I don't even remember who I want. And who it was back then? Jalen, <laughs> that was a long time ago. I feel like <laughs> Jalen Smith. Um, uh, okay, and it doesn't matter. But uh, talk about point it remains yeah. the same. Point remains the same. Yeah, it's you were excited. Yeah, so yeah, so you cautiously optimistic about Tyler. Cautiously optimistic. I feel like that should just be your the name of your book. Uh, yeah, no. If if you know <laughs> if I do a Cowboys blog, that's that's it's all cautious optimism. That's that's really. <laughs> So the last not. question we have here, um, you know, this is because let's be real. The, the Eagles did a lot of like, I mean, you you draft Jordan Davis, you trade for A.J. Brown. There's a lot going on with the Eagles right now. Let's let's call a spade a spade. The question, though, to me is really like, you know, Jalen Hurts, there's still a little bit of a kind of a, a reservation, at least, if you will, um, as to, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, kind of take them to that, uh, that, that, that point of, Hey, you know, he's actually that, that guy, you know, can he lead them to that next level? That's the question for me. But also again, you've got two number ones in AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, excuse me, at tight end. I just disgraced the state of South Dakota by getting that names, that man's name wrong. Um, but also, you know, you got your offensive line. So there's some things going forward here that I'm really excited about, but you know, my question to you, uh, my wonderful Cowboys fan, you is: Are the Cowboys in trouble with how with what the Eagles have done this off season? Um, yes, and I'd say no more than any other year, because because the last few years the NFC East has been a lock for the Cowboys with an asterisk after that, and it, it's that asterisk is always the Philadelphia Eagles. Um. Mm-hmm. Even even when that division, and it often has been in recent history, is just a dumpster fire, um, those are the two teams that are punching it out on top of the ashes of the other two. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'll give them the give the devil its due. They are definitely a team to be taken seriously as far as division standings and playoff spots are concerned. Um, thankfully, uh, there's two things going for the Cowboys, which are kind of odd because they don't necessarily relate to personnel, but you know how my whole system of, of breaking down football is often oriented around vibes. Yes. Um, but looking at the, the Cowboys schedule, this is the first time in a while that they're not finishing the season playing the Eagles in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, the league almost always screws the Cowboys with a week 17 or week 18 last last couple weeks of the season game in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And it's almost always, unless both teams are garbage, or actually even sometimes when both teams are garbage, it's almost always for playoff contention. It becomes like an extra wild card 
game. Yep. Um, and in recent history, the the Eagles have soundly soundly beaten the Cowboys in in that kind of mini tournament. This year, um, the game in Philly is in uh, October. It's October sixteenth. It's a Sunday night game, mm-hmm. um, which is great as far as I'm concerned. And then uh, they play them again week sixteen in Dallas. Um, in the afternoon, so the sun will be shining right down onto the field because Jerry's an idiot. Um, <laughs> it's really it, I've been there now, and when for four it was four late afternoon game, and when that when that sun's when that winter sun is coming down and shining in that north end zone, and you're standing there with the rest of the standing room only ticket holders, uh, it's like being under a giant uh, magnifying glass, <laughs> oh, and no. you're an ant. Um, in a Walmart Dak Prescott shirt, uh, <clears throat> but I digress. So, so the fact that that the last game of the season isn't against Philadelphia and it's not in Philly, um, that we don't have to face them in because I mean, they're as as much as I rag on their fans, they make it a tough atmosphere to play in, and the the weather doesn't do any favors generally. So having to face them in October rather than December. At, at that location, um, I think that's that uh, that's advantageous to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys have their last game of, of the season. It's an away game, and it's uh, it's against the Washington Football Team, which has a name now. Apparently, the the Commanders. The Commanders. Yep. Um, I'm still probably going to call them the Football Team because it's funnier. <laughs> but uh, commies works too. Um, now, I, it's interesting to me because I think the I think Washington has the potential to be the biggest upsetter in the NFC East. Mm. Um, to whatever the Cowboys and Eagles designs on winning the division and and going to the playoffs are, because um, I think just based on their their coach right now and just kind of the things that are happening in that team. Um, I think they could win a few key games, especially in the division. And their games against Dallas and Philly, I think, are are going to have as much of an impact on the Dallas-Philly contest as yeah. the actual games between Dallas and Philly, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, okay. So, so I... Really, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, I see two threats in 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 the division, and and that's the the football team and and the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles have a better chance of, if not winning the division, um, getting in as a wild card, potentially, um, as they often do. Yep. So, so you know, might just or they could win the division. And the Cowboys could get in as a wild card, and we could see that winter game uh, in in Philadelphia, which would be painful. Um, yes. <laughs> so on 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 all sorts of levels. So I, I yeah, I'm I'm taking them seriously as an opponent, but I'm also taking Washington a little seriously, not too seriously because they're still. A, you know, uh, a trash organization. And uh, who, who do they have as quarterback? I uh, So the like, starting quarterback is going to be uh, oh, but Carson oh, Wentz. Oh, Carson Wentz. All right. No, never mind. I'm not worried about Washington. I forgot <laughs> about that. I, I, okay. I, but he probably won't. He'll probably like uh, uh, shoot himself in the foot while turkey hunting or something and um, not play the season. So as long as Carson Wentz is not quarterbacking in Washington, I think they're they're a, a force to be reckoned with. Seized. That got me for some reason. I'm sorry. Like, geez. okay. I'm sorry. I got to like. Call I always like was... to drag that dude. I just can't. I can't resist. I'm sorry. That was that's going on the bloopers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I um. <laughs> Okay, I need to breathe. Uh, you know, I agree with that. I, I pretty, you know, I think that's, you know, I feel like in your division overall, you can just never, like, fully count somebody out. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. 
For what the Eagles have done specifically, though, I really feel like they're in a position where – because the whole knock on them was, okay, Devonta Smith, who else? But then they traded for A.J. Brown. Uh, you know, Dallas Goddard's a stud, has been a stud. He can block, he can catch. He's the ultimate tight end. He'd love him. Um, you know, you got Quiz Watkins as well. Uh, you know, Greg Ward, who shows up sometimes for my fantasy team. Uh, great, love it. You know, but then in the backfield, you know, you, you when you got a running quarterback, your running backs really don't matter a ton. Like, it really, you could bring in anybody and you could pretty much be fine. Um, so yeah. the fact that you got, you know, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, all those guys, you got three strong running backs. I mean, it's just a plus, if you ask me. Then you got that offensive line that I'm actually really encouraged by um still um you know that defense um you know i just really feel like the eagles are in a position where you know they've got they got all the necessary pieces the question to me is jalen hurts like i it it, 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 very much the same question i have with some other quarterbacks like baker mayfield for that matter like if he you know if he is going to be the starter in carolina you know there's it really is the question it's become the question in the nfl unfortunately these days and that is you know, you're 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 only going to go as far, unfortunately, as your quarterback can take you, uh, depending on the franchise. Now, if you look at the 49ers, specifically built to not need a great quarterback, you're kind of in a good spot. But yeah. at the same time, if you are not built that way, then it just makes that all the more important to make sure you have that guy as your signal caller. Now, another name to watch, Gardner Minshew. To me, you know, if if Jalen Hurts falters in any way, Gardner Minshew to me is a player that like. This this is going to be a little bit of a slap in the face the face to Vikings fans, not the vase. I don't know what Voss vase, whatever you want to say it is. Um, but the 2017 year when the Vikings lost to the, the Philadelphia Eagles to go to the Super Bowl, the Eagles ended up winning a Super Bowl in our stadium, whatever you want to say. This Eagles team, to me, has the potential to be the 2017 Vikings. When you talk about you've got your number one in Jalen Hurts. The Vikings had their number one in Sam Bradford. He went down with injuries because – that's just what Sam Bradford did. Even though, even though, even though, I will say Sam Bradford when, when he was healthy, he was a dude. He was a, uh, he just could not stay healthy at the end of the day. But this 2007, the, this 2022 squad for the Philadelphia Eagles has a lot of similarities to the Vikings in 2017. You talk about a good defense. Yes, I said it. They have a good defense. I think they can really, uh, really take a big step this year as well. Um, you know, especially with Jordan Davis getting some heat up the middle. Fletcher Cox is back. Um, you know, Brandon Graham is still back. Derek Barnett is that dude on the edge as well. So, you know, the the question to me is if if Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, doesn't take a step forward, you've got Gardner Minshew as that guy that is pushing the issue. He is a he's got the mustache. Everybody loves a guy that's got an a, got a little the bit of attitude and mustache. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then he's also a guy that played and when given his opportunities. He played well. Like he can't, you know, you you that's all you can ask from a guy as your backup quarterback. So, you know, Gardner Minshew, I think, is going to be uh something to watch for um for the Eagles uh if you are out there, because I do think he is a guy that um, you know, worst case scenario, if he rides the bench, fine, but he is at the very least trade bait at this point, uh, if they are confident in Jalen Hurts. So um, you know, I, I, I think- don't sorry, just to just to Go touch ahead. on your point. I, I- I'm in agreement. I I don't even think there's a question mark with Jalen Hurts. I just think it's I, I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. Mm. Um, I don't think he's the dude. Uh, I know it's my University of Texas prejudice, but I, I don't <laughs> trust any of these Oklahoma quarterbacks in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, um, uh, 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 Baker Mayfield. I think they're all yeah. frauds. I think they put up numbers in college because they Johnny played. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I, well, he, he played for A and M, but yeah. I'm, red letters. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, Burgundy, Burgundy and white rival of Texas. Yeah, I was wrong. It's a reasonable mistake to make, but uh, not unlo- well. Manziel played in the SEC, so but these these Big Twelve quarterbacks in particular, because they all seem to come out of Oklahoma when they uh, to, to get starting jobs in the league. They put up numbers in a in a division in college where there's no defense, mm-hmm. and most of them are runners, which only work goes so far in the NFL. Um, and and I, I know I've talked about this at other times, but I, I they're they're gimmicky little guys that are super effective college quarterbacks under some circumstances. Although the minute they face SEC defenses. Um, when they played in college, they seemed to to crumble on a pretty big stage. Um, all three of those dudes, 
and uh, I think I think their careers in the league are kind of inflated by their 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 reputations from college and that. Yeah, I, I, with all my talk of 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 Philly being a threat, I, I'm not even considering. Uh, like, I would be really surprised if Jalen Hurts is still starting at the end of the season, mm. okay. um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, not that Gardner Minshew's necessarily the dude. Um, it'd, be, it'd be pretty cool if he was, uh, but. I, I want success for Gardner Minshew. I just don't want it with that team. So, because yep. I just wish bad things to happen to them, <laughs> their fans. I understand. I mean, it's that I understand. I, I totally understand. I do. Um, you know, I've you, got their schedule sitting here in front of me. It's the Go Birds 2022 schedule. Just green is so ugly. I need to get it out. Okay. There's the Cowboys schedule back up. Okay. Much more pleasant blue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah, maybe we'll just gonna say relaxing at least. Um, uh, but yeah, you know what? I you know a lot of great points here. You know, uh, this I honestly this accidentally turned into a uh, an entire talk about the NFL, and that's why I love this thing. Like that's what it is for. So, um, but first off, you know, I think we'll get out of here. But is there anything else you'd like to say, Cowboys, Eagles, your hatred for uh, Oklahoma quarterbacks? Is there anything that you'd else you'd like to add? I think we covered all the bases. Um, going into this training camp, I think it's going to be uh, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be nice not to have hard knocks pointed at my team, this training <laughs> camp, as much as I enjoy that program and just, mm-hmm. and just watching all the interactions and stuff. Like I, I think it's better for a team not to have that attention on them yep. during camp, especially when, when, you know, there are a lot of cliches about training camp, but the, the team building aspect of yep. it, um, really can't be underrated and and as a team that has the potential talent wise to win in spite of its head coach and general manager um because i because i do still have a lot of faith in kellen moore and dan quinn oh yeah Um, my my problems with the administration i've made clear who that's with um what what the what the team what the players are able to do in this training camp is is really going to um, set the tone for the whole year. Um, yep. I want more than anything for them to come out and punch Tampa in the face on uh, week one. Um, obviously, I said the same thing a year ago, um, but I think it would mean even more this year um, if it happened. But we'll see. We'll reconvene in a month or so and... Uh, see where this team's at because yes yeah, it's, yeah you, your guess is as good as mine I, yeah. they, they could be a 12 and 5 team and, and a and a playoff winner or they could they could finish third yeah who knows it's just <laughs> so like, yeah it's a coin uh, it's, flip at this point. but this is this is what it's meant for though just this is like first day of training camp excitement's back football's coming buddy it's Woo. coming uh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Um, so I'm uh, going to be looking forward to a lot of the things going on. But thank you so much for going. Yeah, we'll, uh, for coming on. We will definitely have you back You know, after the preseason, after we've all had a chance to come down from our disappointment, our rage, or our um, you know, our happiness from what was the NFL preseason. But um, you know, thank you for coming on, man. I, I, nobody I would rather talk sports with. Hey, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, we're we're always love love to have you, and uh, we'll go ahead and make sure you guys give uh uh you know we'll we'll make sure that we get uh, Joe all tagged and everything here, and he uh, uh joins us next time when we talk about training camp and everything. But thank you all for listening, uh, and we will see you guys next week on the Sports Brief podcast. And as always, from this channel, peace out. Mm-hmm.